and we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Actually, now that I mentioned Generous United, they actually just partnered up with DNS, Digital Nova Scotia, to provide them with prescription drug assistance. They've created a program to allow Nova Scotians within the DNS to afford their health care. We all know within this pandemic, it can be a little tough to afford certain things. I know the pandemic is almost over and maybe the... Uh, the economy could be back in in full swing soon enough, but for the time being, we're very thankful to have Generous United uh, in our province, allowing people to be able to afford their prescription drugs or whatever it may be within healthcare. So head on over to generousunited.ca and see if they have any products that could benefit you, a loved one, doesn't really matter who. I'm going to give you a little bit more information on Generous United if you have a second. What they will do is team up with the uh, pharmacist within your community and give you an attentive personalized service that will save you money on your prescription drugs. We could all use this service right now. We're all trying to live healthier lives. It's no secret that maybe some people are not making as much money as they should be. Don't stress. Don't panic. Don't worry. Generous United is here for us. Head on over to generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S united.ca. And see if they have any services that can benefit you or, like I said, a loved one. So remember, generousunited.ca. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. 45 minutes outside the city. Could be an hour. Depends on who's driving in front of you on the highway. But I get there in 45 minutes. Graham Cook Design Golf Course. It's family-owned. And there's something about a family-owned business. It doesn't even have to be a golf course. But... Osprey Ridge is family owned. So they're taking pride in those fairways. They're taking pride in those greens. They're taking pride in everything. The detailing to that course is unbelievable. And when you're done, head on up to the brand new patio, newly renovated. Grab a beer, grab two, grab three, grab four. Who am I to tell you how many beer to grab? Grab some food as well. Sit out on the patio as it overlooks the entire course, well, not the entire course, but the, the first hole, the 18th hole, and I think the ninth hole too. Uh, beautiful view over there at Osprey Ridge. We're pretty much there every weekend, sometimes even during the week if we can squeeze out four hours to get up there and play nine or 18, doesn't really matter. Uh, but yes, Osprey Ridge, get up there, play some golf, tell them we sent you, maybe we'll see you there, okay? Thank you. Today on the High Button Podcast, extremely excited about this guest. Well, what do you want me to do? What more do you want? You talk about inspiration every single day. You wake up, you're looking for inspiration. You wake up, you're looking to better yourself. You wake up, you're looking to to, to, to get ahead in life, whatever it may be. Then this is the podcast for you. Luke Henman. Okay, I don't even know how to start with Luke Henman. So we had Luke on the podcast um, maybe three years ago. Yeah, it was like three years ago. Um, and at the time... He was drafted by uh, the Carolina Hurricanes in the fourth round, 2018 draft. He wasn't drafted. Uh, They passed him over, and he recently signed with the Seattle Kraken, the first player ever in the organization's history to sign with them. That's a big deal. Coming from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, or sorry, I guess I should say Cow Bay, Nova Scotia. Shout out to all there cracked me on Instagram. Uh, Cow Bay, Nova Scotia, grew up right here in Atlantic Canada, played for the Dartmouth Whalers after Dartmouth Whalers Major Bantam. Then after that, he played for the Dartmouth uh, Major Midgets here, the Steel Subaru Subways. Then, or not Subways, just Steel Subaru. Uh, Then after that, went on to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, playing for Plainville, 
Armada. He was actually the captain uh, last year and this year. This year he had 32 games played, obviously, because of COVID. Uh, but in those 32 games played, 43 points, 16 goals, 27 assists. Let me do the math. Yeah, that's 43 points. Uh, and in the playoffs this year, he had nine games played with 12 points. And that overall pretty much earned him a contract with the Seattle Kraken, and, and he signed uh, about a month ago now. So really exciting I guess you could say a couple of months uh, for Luke to be able to sign a pro contract finally and using that motivation for being passed over by Carolina to to essentially, I don't want to say revamp his game, but put that little bit of extra oomph into his into his game and allow him to to get better as a, as a player. And just talking to him now, uh, we just did the podcast, so I'm just doing the intro now. Um, we Like I said, we had Luke on two, three years ago. I'm not really sure what it was. But now just sitting down with him and talking to him two, three years later, the, uh, I don't want to say confidence, but his demeanor, is, 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 his, it, the way he conducts himself has changed. Not that he conducted himself poorly back then, but you could tell he, he speaks so confidently of, of his abilities of the game of hockey and what he's able to do. And you can tell that he's a, a, an extremely motivated individual right now and he's determined to play uh, in Seattle within the next couple of years. So it was a really, really cool podcast. I was really excited to talk to Luke. I'm happy that he's back here in Atlantic Canada right now. I know some pro guys aren't coming back for the summer but for the majority I think there's there's a good amount here this summer um, but nonetheless I was just extremely excited to talk to Luke it was a great podcast I'm Justin this is the high button podcast here we go you know what comes next and just like that Luke we are going how's life life uh life is great life uh no complaints from me um <laughs> Got back home uh, about mid-May after we lost in the playoffs, did my quarantine, and then um, just been kind of uh, working out, uh, golfing, skating, just living living life. You know, I, I got no complaints. Congratulations on the, uh, the contract with Seattle. You talk about an accomplishment. I remember we first had our conversation, I don't even, maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. And you were with Carolina, and things didn't work out. And then you saw your career just go a little bit better, a little bit better year by year. And then the next thing you know, you get uh, rewarded with a contract by Seattle. So I couldn't be more proud of you. I'm sure your family's proud of you. And I hope that you're proud of yourself because that's, uh, that's an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's it, to be honest, it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy the last few months. Um, you know, obviously... Obviously, it was disappointing not signing with Carolina. You know, I thought I had a had a pretty good uh, 19 year, and um, obviously, COVID ended the year early, and you know, things were there was a lot of uncertainty, and you know, it didn't work out. But um, I think I, I did a really good job at kind of uh, you know just trying to 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 forget about it and know that you know they didn't sign me for a reason. You know, like I needed to get bigger, I needed to get stronger. Um, so that's kind of what I've been working on the last. Uh, Obviously, for my whole life, but especially the last couple of years, I've really ramped it up. And um, you know, I had a I had a pretty good year this year um, for my final year in Blainville. And um, you know, I was lucky enough to to get to get rewarded for it. And um, I'm I'm really happy. Talk about the motivation factor of not getting signed. That must have you know, let's let's not lie to each other here. It must have pissed you off a little bit. Did yeah. you know what was that motivation factor like going into to the next year? I guess. Yeah. So basically. Yeah, you're, you're, you hit it bang on there. So basically, I got home, once COVID started, I got home in March, or early April, late March. Yeah. And I had by June 1st to sign. So for those two months, I didn't really know. I didn't, I had no idea. I had, a, I had, I had, had a good season and um, I was just kind of waiting to see, you know, what they were going to do, what they were going to say. And 
Um, found out, you know, just kind of right before June 1st, you know, that it wasn't going to happen. So um, it was definitely uh, a bit, it was definitely disappointing, like I said. But, you know, like I said, I think I did a really good job of just kind of putting my nose down. And, and um, you know, I knew that I needed to work even harder. I needed to, you know, get bigger, get stronger, have a better shot, just be a more dominant player. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of myself um, for, you know, obviously – you don't want to feel sorry for yourself in those situations. You know, um, things happen for a reason. And um, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really proud of myself for just kind of putting my nose down and, and working. And, um, and you know, I, I got rewarded. But now this is just the start again. You know, it, it, this isn't like, oh, uh, you know, I sit back. I did this. Uh, good on me. Like now I got to really start, start uh, pushing even more so I can, you know, prove people right and also prove people wrong. It's an interesting, not it is an interesting topic, but like people uh, within the hockey community, a lot of those people are talking about the situation that you are in, your age group, excuse me, that junior guy who's in maybe 18, 19, 20, and is looking to make that pro jump, but can't really prove themselves due to COVID. And obviously it was a weird year and unfortunate for a lot of people not being able to prove themselves, but you were able to take those few games that you did play and you were able to, like I said, get a, get an NHL contract out of it. Was there any like mental, uh, like mental st- struggles with it, but just the going out, oh, okay, how do I prove myself? And how many games did you play this year? 34? Uh, I played 32 regular season and we played nine playoff games. So like those games, those are crucial games. That's like almost NCAA games. Like yeah. that, you're not playing that many. So yeah. I guess with those, who did I ask this question to? I, I was talking to Brendan Saunier about this because yeah. he was uh, in the A this year and he had few games played as well in the A. And he, I asked him, like, how, how do you make sure that every game counts so you get noticed? And he was a guy who wasn't even getting a lot of ice time. And uh, he was just like, uh, he, uh, he brings the moment to himself. It doesn't matter if it's a, a Tuesday afternoon game with five people in the stands. He's like, you have to bring the game to you in order to make it important, in order to, to get noticed. Yeah. So I guess the question is, yeah, how, how do you make yourself noticed and, and make yourself uh I guess, stand out from the rest in, the, in those short amount of games played. Yeah, well, for me, like, I was, I still feel this way. I'm very, very fortunate that we even got to play this year because, you know, the OHL never played. The WHL played very few games. Um, and, yeah. you know, we were able to get, you know, a half season and a, and a playoff in. And, you know, very, very fortunate that, that 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 happened. And, you know, there were times during this year where I think I did seven quarantines this year, two weeks. So I had COVID oh, in October, man. and you're in a hotel every night. Like, oh, you had it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had COVID in October. I, our whole team got it. In uh, yes, yeah. yes. So there were times where like it was hard. Like it was like a lot of nights in hotels. A lot like I couldn't see my girlfriend who who went to school in Ottawa. She's from here, but she went to school in Ottawa. I couldn't see her because you know the the only way we were allowed to play is if we went. Um, school rink billet school rink like we couldn't do anything else like Like no movie no movie like no mall no i mean there was not not much open in quebec anyway but you know we had to very limit ourselves if we wanted to be able to play so like i said there were times where you know it was tough it was like tough mentally to to just sit in your room um for two weeks you know like i said just seven times so um but then you got to look at the bigger picture like wow like i'm very very lucky that i'm that i'm getting to play i got to play thir- uh, 41 games and there's guys at home who who would love to be in the situation that i'm in so i just kind of i kind of looked at it that way and um i tried to just take advantage of every opportunity i had to play a game because you know like i just said it you know i was very very fortunate so 
What was the moment, the moment you found out you had COVID? What ran through your head? Was this early in the stages when yeah. no one really knew what it was? Yeah. So this was, I was kind of the first one. Um, so like I said, it was early October. It was like October 4th, I think. So we had just started the season. We played our first two games of the regular season. Yeah. Um, we played Sherbrooke. And we, you know, we, I think we, we won both. Like, life was good. Like, you know, we were winning. Like, we were back playing. Everything was good. Um, and then I kind of, um, a guy in our group chat, our team group chat kind of texted, or no, so sad, uh, we played Friday, Sunday, or no, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday morning, we played Saturday night, Saturday morning, a guy on our team felt sick, um, felt sick and he didn't come to the rink because you know, when you Smart. feel sick, yeah, you yeah. don't come to the rink. Yeah. Um, so then we were kind of like, okay, like. Like, the rules of the queue, we didn't have to cancel the game because no one tested positive. We were like, okay, you know, he feels sick. He's at home. He's not going to be in contact with anyone. But we were in contact with him on Friday, obviously. Um, so then he's like, okay, I feel sick. Like, I'm going to get a test. Um, you guys play the game, whatever. We won the game. Um, I felt great. Everyone on the team felt great. Um, Sunday morning comes after the game. We have a day off. We're just doing whatever. Get a text from that guy saying, hey, like, I tested positive, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know how this happened. Um, you know, so then all, we all had to go get tested and like the rink in Blainville. So at that time in October, um, the rink in Blainville is a very, very busy rink. There's a, I've been there. Yeah. There's a public gym. There's hockey schools that are constantly going. There's people in and out. Like if one team was going to get COVID yeah. in the queue, it was either probably us or Quebec. It's like a community center. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very busy. Yeah. And, um, so we all, I went, got tested Sunday night. I got a call Monday night saying I had it. I felt fine. Um, so I think we had like 18 guys get it on our team out of, so um, that was a bit of a shock. And like, you know, I, I was, I got a lot of texts from, you know, people back home asking if I was all right and all that stuff, because it was kind of new. Like I, like I said, I was kind of the first one to get it that, you know, that of the people in my, you know, group, like my friend group, yeah. my family, like I, yeah. no one else had it. So, um, it was a it was a bit tough like mentally like you know it it kind of sucked but um I didn't really feel sick I had I had the cold sweats one night yeah. um I think that was just my body sweating it out um other than that I felt pretty normal so um but yeah it was uh it was definitely tough like I said mentally but again very fortunate that I was even able to play so yeah I, like I remember early in the stages like Tom Hanks got it mm. and I was like oh well Tom Hanks is gonna die like it's yeah. over like there's yeah. points like where it was scary very. at the beginning where no one really knew what it was yeah and like adding life in front of that to like you know try to make the NHL just just even play hockey just live yeah and thinking oh man there's a chance I don't make it through this oh I couldn't imagine yeah that. and also my billet family who who are the best people um, they were like, they're both, they're a retired couple. So they're 60, 65. Uh, and if they, luckily they didn't get it, but like, if they get COVID, like there's a chance that they, you know, they could die. Like it, it, it attacks like, your immune system. And for older people, it, you know, it affects them a little bit more. So it was scary, but luckily they didn't get it. But like, that's where you kind of think like, okay, we're playing hockey, but like, yeah, there's no point on putting people's lives at risk. You know, in my head, I kind of thought about it that way. Like, geez, well, like, I don't want to put them in danger because I'm playing hockey. Like, there's bigger things going on in the world right now. Um, but luckily, you know, after that, you know, you, you're kind of immune for a while. So after that, I kind of didn't really, um, didn't really, you know, I wasn't too worried after that. Like, I still followed all the protocols, obviously, but, like, I was more, I felt safer because yeah. I already had it and, like, your body builds up 
antibodies and stuff like that. So, um, I want to talk to you about uh, the road trip me and Doodle I took up to Moncton to mic you up. I think it was two years ago now. And a uh, great trip. Like, we got yeah. stuck in a, a snowstorm. We were pumped, and we got to stay the next day. And we messaged uh, Jeremy McKenna, and he got us tickets, and we stayed the night. It was one of the better trips of high-button sports history. It was a yeah. great time. Um, and by the way, Bl- uh, Blaineville, the, the staff, like the people who we were emailing, I couldn't give you names, but they were so, like uh, – welcoming and like yeah. yeah absolutely anything you need here's the coach here's the equipment manager here's a, if you need to, to get a hold of anyone here their numbers like they're just great staff yeah first of all yeah um for sure and second of all i was amazed i know the stereotypes out the window about english guys going up to french towns and and all that stuff you know you hear horror stories every now and then but when we had you on the mic and we were listening to the conversations that you were having with your teammates with your coaches uh you know with the goalie just everyone there's a lot of there's french guys on the team mm-hmm. and i i, I couldn't I, I was amazed how well receptive you were to every single guy on the team i know in teams there's clicks yeah there's you know friendships maybe that are stronger than others but i was amazed by listening to you on the microphone how well you just kind of got along with everyone and at the end of the practice the coach came up to you what's the coach's name bruce bruce came up to you and he goes hey luke what do you want to do yeah after practice and you're yeah. like let's i don't know let, let's go to a movie or something yeah, yeah. I, w- I was just amazed how you were able to put yourself into that organization and how everyone just kind of respected you on the ice. And you were there at 16, correct? Yeah. Well, I, well, I played midget 16, but I was there. I played like 10 games, and then I was there the whole playoff. So pretty much yeah. I was there all throughout the year. Anyways, I, I thought that was really cool. So I guess I want to talk about your, your mindset going into that year, I guess 16, 17, and how you were able to essentially, not essentially, you were the captain of that organization this year. Mm-hmm. Talk about your mindset going up to Quebec and, and doing that. Yeah, so basically, you know, if I were to give advice to um, a young a young kid who just got drafted to a French team in the queue, like, I, I, I wouldn't say it's obviously difficult leaving and going 12 hours away. Like that's not easy for anyone, but, um, you know, like you just said, like all the people in that organization are first class, like, so, so awesome, so nice, so welcoming. And I think that's kind of why, um, why, you know, I sort of had that success because when I went in there, it was the same thing. Like you're very welcoming. Like it's a great group of guys. Like the culture there is, is professional. Like you gotta be a pro, you gotta work, you gotta compete. Um, and that's kind of how I approached it when I was 18, 19, 20, being a leader on the team. Um, I wanted to welcome those. I wanted to make those young guys feel comfortable because that's what, that's what, um, what the older guys did for me. And that's kind of why I had success. And, you know, if you look at the Blaineville organization, they're a team who, since they got in the league, they've been very, very good. They, um, I think have the most, I think they have the, maybe besides Vermouski, I think they have the best record in the last like 10 years or whatever. So, um, and that's not, that's not, um, just a coincidence. It's because of the culture, because of the people there, because of the organization, because of, you know, Joel Bouchard, because of Bruce, they're very, two very similar coaches. And for me, one thing being the captain on that team, you gotta, one thing that I learned being a captain is you can't approach everyone the same. Everyone's different, right? So you have conversations with guys, um, you have different conversations with different guys. Some guys need to be pushed. Some guys need to be, you know, uh, baby, not babied a little bit, but nurtured a little bit. You know, you want to obviously focus on yourself and your own game, but you also want to try to get the best out of your teammates so your team can have success. So I think that's one thing that I learned being a captain. And, you know, like, you know, like you saw in that video, it's kind of, you know, knowing 
how guys react, knowing what guys like, like, you know, like I said, like approaching guys differently. I think that was a big key for me. And I think that's why, um, you know, I kind of had success. We had success as a team and I think, you know, I had success individually. So. Yeah, really just, yeah, that's a great answer. It's phenomenal. Just the moment we stepped into the rink. Oh, you're Justin and you're Matt. You guys are here with yeah. high button. You're here to see Luke. Okay, great. Let me grab him. You came out. Big smile on your face. I'll never forget it. And that was one of the moments where we were, uh, I guess, a little maybe overachieving. We didn't think we'd be able to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, I think nah, you guys might have been the first French team to let us yeah. chuck a mic on you. Yeah. I think you were. Yeah. And I remember after um, they shared it on their yeah. Facebook page, yeah, yeah. on their Twitter. Yeah. And they just they 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 were just so kind and yeah. I, I'll never forget that moment. And that really helped us open the door for for sure. For other Q teams for around series, yeah. for well, just for everything. Yeah. It, it was really helpful in the in the league in general. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I don't I want to thank you and Blaineville for that. That was awesome yeah, for first us. First class organization for Unbelievable. Sure. Um so yeah I want to talk about uh how the Seattle signing happened. I know Steinberg's the scout in the Atlantic yeah. Canada, I don't, so I'm assuming there was some connection there. But I guess just talk about the whole uh, the whole process of signing, how it went down, who you talked to, and and that. Yeah. So um, basically, Trev Trev played a big part in it. Trev, you know, he's been a he's been a a big fan of mine, and I'm a big fan of Trev. And um, he kind of got that job with Seattle as the as the Atlantic Canadian scout, and um, also Mike Dawson, who. Um, who drafted me in Carolina. He was the scout who drafted me in Carolina and Ron Francis, the GM was the GM in Carolina when I was drafted by Carolina. So I think Ron left in April and I got drafted in June. So he definitely like, there's had to be some sort of correlation there. And then there was also a couple other scouts who were in Carolina who are now in Seattle, who, you know, who liked me, who that was part of the reason I was drafted. So, you know, kind of, Mike, after I didn't sign, he kind of said like, you know, Hey, like, it's all right. Like, I know you're going to get your shot. Like, just keep working. Um, and then sort of, you know, all throughout the year, like I had, you know, I was, I was playing well, there wasn't many other teams or wasn't many other leagues playing. So the queue was kind of getting more attention than maybe it usually does. So, um, and like I said, I was playing well. So there was a couple teams who were reaching out to my agent, just kind of saying, Hey, like, you know, what's his deal? Like, um, is he putting on weight? How's he, you know, (laughs) things like that. So, um, and then, you know, Seattle was always sort of, um, you know, it's not a front runner, but there was always talks with them and my agent all throughout the year. Um, and then I'd say, so we, I play the year, we're in the playoffs. Um, we finished the first round. Uh, we beat Gatineau. We go back to Blaineville. We stay in a hotel, shocker. <laughs> so we're in a hotel in Blaineville, not allowed to go back to our billets because of COVID. Um, I get a call from, from Ron Francis and I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. Like this. Okay. Let's, let's do this here. So we talk for probably 20, 25 minutes, kind of about the organization, just like how excited everyone is, you know, the city of Seattle, I think they sold like 10,000 season tickets in like 12 minutes or something. So he's, he's very excited. He's asking me about, you know, some of the games in the playoffs, my season, you know, um, what happened in Carolina and stuff. And, you know, we had a very, very good chat, I thought, and I kind of hung up and I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I'm getting, I'm starting to get a good feeling. And then, so we went, so that we were in Blainville, then we went to Quebec City for like the bubble where all the, the Q playoffs happened, yeah. the second round on, sorry. Um, and we're playing Victoriaville 
Um, so we're there. I forget the days now. It's, it's, it's all good. Uh, together. We're there. We, we, no, sorry. We were there. We got there Thursday. We practiced Friday. Game one was Saturday at one o'clock. So we, we, whatever we practiced, we play the game Saturday at one. We win in overtime. So you get back to the, so it's one to three thirty. You get back to the hotel around four or no, sorry, four thirty. eat. Then I got back to my bed and I'm just like, Oh, like, well, like those, there's a long games an overtime game. Like those games take tolls on you. Yeah. And then, um, and then I kind of, uh, was just laying in my bed. I like, you know, dozing off, watching YouTube, watching hockey. I get a text from my agent. He says, call me ASAP. So I'm like, Oh shit. Like, here we go. So I call him. He's like, he just says, he's like, how would you like to be the first player signed with the Seattle Kraken? And I was just like speechless. Like I was so happy. And he's like, you know, he's like, you've worked so hard for this. I'm so proud of you. Um, so, and then, you know, to have the game, to win the game, obviously we didn't win the series, but to win that game in overtime, then have that happen was just unbelievable. He's like, he's like, look, like we can't, we can't say anything. Like you can't say a thing to anyone because the first player in the organization, they want to release that on their own terms. You know what I mean? Like they want to, oh, yeah. I they don't want it, of that. They yeah. don't want it to get out in the media. Like they don't yeah. want some, uh, like a reporter yeah. tweeting it before they do. So he's like, man, like you, I like, I hate to do this to you, but you got to keep it quiet. Then Ron called me. He's like, man, you got to keep it quiet. Like, he's like, tell your parents, tell, I told my parents, I told my girlfriend, I told my siblings, I told, um, one guy on the team. Cause I just like, he was like my best friend on the team. I told him, um, the call with my parents, I FaceTimed them. Like my mom was crying. My dad was super excited. It's my girlfriend was, you know, super, super happy for me. It was, a, it was a day I'll never forget. Um, so it happened that was Saturday and they released it on Wednesday. So four days we were playing games. Like I couldn't say anything like, Oh, that's brutal. Well, it's awesome. But like, it was, yeah, it was awesome. But <laughs> like, it, like yeah. I just going to like, it's my, bittersweet, bittersweet. Yeah. yeah. But, um, going to like meals with my team, like I, I got this big secret. I can't tell them because you know you never know what could happen. They're like, Luke, why are you smiling? So yeah, much? yeah. You just law. What are you doing? My coach Bruce, who you, you couldn't know, tell him. No, it was that was probably the toughest part is I couldn't tell him, and um, I um, I actually told Jack, Jack and Jake, who Jake McKinnon, who are my two best friends here. I told them as well. They obviously I knew they were going to keep it quiet. So there was probably like four or five people that I told. Um, but yeah, Bruce, I couldn't tell him. Um, which was killing me because we've been through so much together. He was there when I was 18, 19, and 20. And we, you know, we have such a good relationship. And, you know, obviously, you know, me being the captain, you know, the coach and the captain, you know, they kind of, um, they're very close. They have a good relationship. We talk about things. And, um, you know, I think it came out, we had a day off Wednesday. So Wednesday morning, it was coming out at Wednesday at like 2. I think like Wednesday at like 12, I went into his room and I knocked on the door. I was like, Bruce, like, Sit down for a second. I got to tell you something. And we had just lost game three. So we were down 2-1. He's like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Like, what's this about? And I told him, and he was so happy. It was one of the best. I think that was one of the best moments that I had with this whole Seattle thing was just, you know, seeing how, you know, raw his his happiness was. It was really cool to see. And um, definitely a day I'll never forget. Dude, getting emotional. That's that's a crazy story. That's insane. And I guess we'll talk about your phone after. Yeah. Did you just put it away? Because you're probably, you got idiots like me messaging. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, we were all, so it was coming out at 2, um, 2 Eastern. So it's 2 in Quebec, 3 here. Um, and our whole team was in the conference room. 
Um, I told them at like 150. So I wanted to tell them. I didn't want them to see it on Twitter or whatever. So I told them. Um, they were all super happy. Like Seattle sent me like a box with the contract in it, with like a hat, with like a toque, with like a nice like um, like glass bottle, just like well, with a message inside a glass bottle, like welcome me to the city. Oh, I get it. Like a yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so that was really cool. So they kind of bring the box in, and everyone's like, "What's that?" And then like I opened it, and they were all like going nuts, and and then my phone, yeah, my phone was pretty crazy. I didn't really expect it to be that big it was a very very you know I I knew like to be the first player in an organization it was it was bigger than I thought so I like I had I don't even know how many texts I had like I was answering them for days and Instagram was crazy like I got like 8,000 followers or something yeah it was it was crazy and like I didn't expect that to happen at all and um you know I had um you know, I had interviews to do. I had like podcasts, radio shows. Like I had a bunch of stuff I needed to do and it was in the middle of a playoff series. So it was a bit emotionally draining, but you know, I'm obviously really happy that it happened. And, you know, but like I said, like if I had assigned with any other team, you know, obviously it would have been super cool. And like, you know, I would have, you know, a lot of people would have reached out, but this was like next level just because I was the first player in the organization. There was a lot more that came with it. Um, but it was super exciting and, definitely a day that I'll never forget and you know it was it was crazy I didn't expect it to be as big as it was yeah absolutely first player in the organization that's a big deal it's yeah. crazy have you ever been to Seattle before <laughs> no never been to Seattle I uh I my dad's a pilot so he's traveled a lot he's been there before it says it's pretty similar to Vancouver I've also never been to Vancouver but you know kind of like a it's a really nice city like a lot of people that I've talked to that have been there love it um, a lot of rain. I think it kind of similar, like similar to here. Like there's been a lot of rain here lately. Like yeah. I think it's, it's pretty similar, but I'm hearing there's a lot of rain, but I hear it's a really nice city. So I'm excited to get down there. Yeah, man, that'll be a great time. Are you going down at all this summer? Like, are you just training here? I know the borders are opening up. I think for people that are double vaccinated yeah. in like two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably go down to Seattle. Like not, nothing's concrete yet because they're, they're still building their practice facility and stuff. Yeah. So they got to see how that all goes and then the expansion draft. So once people start going in, I'll probably go in. I want to guess, like, I, this is just, I don't even have a guess. I'd say, like, mid-August maybe. Like, camps don't, don't – camp, NHL camps aren't starting until – like, rookie camps, I think, like, the 14th of September, I think. Like, I don't think they have any concrete dates yet, so I think it's still a little bit up in the air. But I'm guessing uh, – I'm hoping I'm going to get to go down, you know, like – three or four weeks before camp just to kind of get your you know get your feet wet a little bit you don't want to go in um you know the day before camp and kind of just meet like it's nice to get in there before and see the facility and meet everyone and train and practice with them a little bit so um they've been kind of uh they kind of want me to go down then so I'm I'm uh, probably going to do that. I'm really excited about that. So, what an interesting experience you're about to go on, uh, almost like Vegas a couple years ago, yeah. but going into a fresh building, going into to brand new equipment managers that are new to the building as well, brand new players, brand yeah. new everything. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird but cool experience and one that you'll f- remember for the yeah. rest of your life. It's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, and also like building rivalries. Like, I mean, obviously Vancouver will be a rivalry, but like just seeing how uh, how, how the season goes and just seeing how things i guess fall in line it's going to yeah. be really cool for you and for everyone else within the organization for it's going to sure. be sick for sure yeah and i'm i'm pretty excited to for like the expansion draft you know like obviously vegas built 
a very very good team and the rules are the same for Seattle so what are the rules again do you know it's you can pick one player from each team except for Vegas so they don't they can't pick from Vegas so they can pick Crosby well no like um players or teams get to protect six six forwards three d one goalie so so every say team, that again sir six six forwards three d one goalie so every team okay. will protect six forwards three d one goalie and you can't pick players that are on entry level contracts. So, for instance, like you can't pick like, like you like can't pick Batherson yeah, right now. Yeah, like okay, Ottawa yeah. wouldn't need to protect Drake because he's on an entry level contract. So Seattle isn't allowed to pick him. So, um, like you know, I I, I like it's yeah, I've yeah, seen like mock drafts and stuff like that, but no one really knows like what direction they're gonna go in. Like if they're gonna do what Vegas did or they're gonna like like it's 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 still kind of all up in the air. But basically, you know. They'll get a lot of you get a lot of really good players. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking right they now. They can only they can only protect six guys, right? So and first two lines, first two lines, but some like you know it, it it'll be interesting to see. You know what I mean? Like it some some people there's probably some situations where players want out in some uh, some teams. So you know that could be a yeah. they wouldn't protect them, and it's a good player. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's interesting how Seattle almost has to build an identity. Vegas has an identity. Yeah. Yeah, Big, strong, sure. tough. Yeah, puts the puck in the net. Yeah, great goaltending. Yeah, like they have an identity, and they're already two years into the three years into the league. So mm-hmm. Seattle, they they got to build an identity For quickly. Sure. And so I think they definitely have the re- the the right people in place. Everyone that I've talked to from the organization is so unbelievable. You know, so smart, so intelligent, so you know, ready to work, and they're so so excited. So I'm, uh, like I said, I'm super pumped to see what the team looks like, and I know they have the second overall pick. So. That's going to be a, a stud player as well. So I think uh, it's really, really lo- it's looking really, really good for them. It's interesting us, the the motivation factor because yeah. you look at Vegas and the guys who they signed were those guys who didn't really have yeah. contracts. They were those third, fourth line guys. But and then you, you put them in, you put like guys like Carlson, Riley Smith, Marchessault, so guys who you know are third line guys. You put them in on the power play and top minutes and you look at a guy like William Carlson scores 40 goals in the second year first or second year you know and he was a guy who who didn't necessarily have that much success before and you put him in a spot to succeed and he scores 40 goals so it's going to be I'm guessing it's going to be pretty similar to what Vegas um, does and also like goaltending too like there's a lot a lot of teams that have two number one goalies so goaltending I feel like is the biggest like they're going to get a really good goalie no matter what obviously they can't pick like Flurry and Leonard like they yeah but like guys like you know you look at Price and Allen or like Sorokin and Varlamov like you're getting you know they can't protect all those guys so um, it's going to be really exciting and I think it's happening on July 20th so it's coming up soon so it's going to start soon I won't be the only guy in the organization yeah. all right now are you the only guy in the yeah. organization? there's no the other side player. no <laughs> that's only player amazing. Yeah. that's amazing pretty cool pretty cool yeah. <laughs> that's sick um uh, do you have any uh, plans for the rest of the summer? Other, or did I already ask you that? Uh, no. Just training, I'm assuming, here training, this year? Training, skating, golfing. I train with Alexi Pianozzi. He has a great... Uh, Isn't that uh, Nate's trainer, too? Yeah, Nate Nate and Sid train with him. Um, they're kind of like solo. And then I'm, I've am i been working a lot with High, Matthew Highmore, Logan Shaw, uh, Andrew Gordon, Andrew Schufelt, those kind of guys. So yeah. that's who I've been with for the last couple of years. And um, I think that's really, really helped me as well, just to kind of see... Because they're, you know, Highmore obviously played in the NHL. So did Logan Shaw. So did Andrew Gordon. Um, so just to see, like, the work ethic and the discipline that those those guys have really, really helped me kind of, and, you know, seeing, you know, training with them day in and day out, becoming friends with them. Like, it it really, really helped me um, to kind of, you know, see what the lifestyle of, of a pro hockey player is and just how, 
how disciplined and how much sacrifices they make. So I think that's really helped me. And, but besides that, just kind of training every day. Um, I don't have to work this summer. Like I worked last summer, I worked at the Steak and Stein just, you know, as a host. You worked at Steak and Stein last summer? Yeah. And now you're signed with the Seattle Kraken? Yeah. So, you know, it's, that's the schedule, like the schedule is a lot different as the guys would say, like you don't do much, right? Like I wake up, I work out, you know, I'm able to, I, I was saying this the other day, like I'm able to just like sit in the gym after and just like, you know, get a good stretch in, relax, like talk to the guys and not have to like, okay, I got a shower, I got to go to work, then I got to do this, then I got to do that. Like it's, it's kind of just, it's more, you can just fully focus on nutrition, diet, training, skating. Did and you, then, sorry, I got to interrupt you. Did you listen ahead. to that Sons podcast, Brendan Sonia? I listened clip? to a little bit of it. Did yeah. you see that clip yeah, on Instagram? Yeah, about him going to the bank. Yeah, yeah same, similar thing, yeah. like, you know. I was I was in that position um, last uh, last year. Obviously, I was fortunate enough where Blainville paid for my training, so I didn't have to necessarily. I was only working so I could have some spending money if I wanted to, you know, buy a new driver or, or you know go downtown every once in a while type thing. Like, or you know, I have a girlfriend now, so that's, <laughs> that's well, I've had a girlfriend for two years now, so that's it gets more expensive, but. Um, but yeah, so, and uh, I've been golfing a lot more this summer too, which I'm really, really enjoying. And, you know, the game's really starting to come around. So I'm, I'm excited. What's your best, what's your best score this year? This year is. You break 90 yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been playing for like, I'm a four handicap. I've been playing oh. for 10 years. So, um, I, uh, last year, my best score at Heartland Point was 74. I think this year is 77. Wow. So I play with, I play with like Jack who you saw is a really, Jack's really good, very, yeah. very good golfer. Brandon Cuvillier. Those guys are both in the uh, amateur this weekend. Actually. No way. I would, I would, wouldn't be, wouldn't shock me if Brandon Cuvillier does really, really well. I've played with him at Heartland point the last couple of times. He's been like two under the last three times. Um, lost his glasses though. That's really going to kill him. I think. What? Yeah. I forgot them in a, in an Uber. So if anyone's driving around Halifax and they see glasses <laughs> in an Uber, make sure you pick them up. Cause he's going to need those this weekend. Cause I played with him last night and, he said that he couldn't he couldn't get hit the center of the club face because he couldn't see. So. He doesn't wear contacts when he gla- when he no golfs? he was wearing glasses so and uh, he and he couldn't get any in before uh, before this weekend so he he's in for <laughs> could be in for a tough one but that's hilarious. I was with I was golfing with a pro golfer the other day. Brad uh, Current shot a sixty four at Eagle Crest. Jeez, I was amazed. Yeah. Like, he made probably the whole time. He probably made two bad shots, but after those bad shots, yeah, he landed on the green from yeah. those bad shots. Yeah. Like he recovered amazingly. Yeah, and that's like, what they do, man. You only see they those. Don't miss. Sh- oh no. You only miss. see those shots on TV. Like, he's yeah. in the woods, and you're kind of pumped. You're like, oh, he's, he's going to bogey here. Yeah. And, like, no, 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 no. He, yeah. he gets it within, like, 10 feet of the yeah. hole, and you're like, oh, my God. I find the hardest. So, like, I've been playing for a long time now, and, you know, I started off, obviously, shooting, like, 100, and everyone does. Like, you just got to start somewhere. So, you start off, you're not very good. Um, then you can, you know, start breaking 100. And then I find, like, once you start breaking 100, it's easy to get to, if you keep playing, like, like if you practice and you play a lot, you can get to, you know, high eighties and then you, same thing, you can get to low eighties and then you can get to high seventies. And now I'm, I'm in that high seventies range. I've been there for like two or three years where, you know, if I shoot 77, 78, like I'm happy, but it's super, super difficult to, to get to like to the mid seventies. Like I find this is the hardest jump, like the hardest improvement, like to go from sh- consistently shooting 78 to 82 to now shooting 74 to 78. Like it happens every once in a while, but consistently, 
it's just so hard. Like the golf is so hard sometimes. I'm at the point now where I'm at the well, I still haven't broke ninety. My best score this year was a ninety one, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I find myself like it's honestly messing with me at work. Like I'll be so what I did on uh what I did on Monday, I played thirty six holes, two eighteen mm-hmm. back to back. Yeah. Just to get it out of my system. So yeah. Tuesday, yesterday, I sat in here, I worked my ass off because if I didn't play those thirty six or at least eighteen I just wouldn't be working because yeah. I'd be thinking about golf. Like yeah. It's taken over my you being. You got the bug. You got the golf bug. Every, oh. I get it every summer. I just like, it just draws you back in. And like, I find literally just, just playing. Like if you just play, you're going to, I mean, that's easy to say, but like I find golf, especially like if you just play, just keep playing, play, play every day or play, you know, three or four times a week, you're going to get better really fast. Oh yeah. But like hockey, like it's different. Like you gotta, it's, it, I find it's, I find it's like a different sort of mindset hockey well like improvement wise like hockey like you gotta i don't know it's it's tough to explain like you gotta there's certain things that need to happen like you need you need to have you know genetics like not genetics but like you need to be playing for a while like golf i find like you can play and you can see results like right away hockey sometimes it's like not everyone can skate not everyone can can shoot you know what i mean like i don't know it's hard to explain well you need to have makes sense in my head no i got you you need to have uh it is hard to explain you're right yeah it's hard it's like you you need to have like four or five skills or four or five pieces of mechanics in order to make one thing work like let's say uh let's say you do want to go pro okay great one, you got to be quick. Yeah. Two, you have to have muscle. Yeah. Three, you have to have accuracy with your shot. And yeah. four, you have to have a little mustard behind the shot. But yeah. to make four of those things go together in sync, it's extremely yeah. tough. And some guys only work on, I guess, some things throughout the summer, but don't work on, you know, mm-hmm. fundamentals, man, are huge in hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who's the, the skating coach out here? Uh, Jill. Jill. Jill like, I'm so happy to see all the guys oh, from man. around here so that important. are out with her. So important. Because like, she's a fundamentals queen. That's like, literally like if you can't skate, you you like you can't play in today's game. Like you need to be a really good skater in order to keep up because the like the sort of like you know big strong hitting that's kind of not fading away, but you don't see that as much. You see like you see these skilled guys like that are playing on the fourth line, like guys like Tyler Johnson who's playing on the fourth line with Tampa. Like he's a skilled centerman who has a lot of skill and who can score. Um, so you see those like and and if you can't skate like you're you're not gonna be able to do well at the next level, right? Toast. And, yeah. So that Jill Jill is great. Like I've been out I've been skating with Jill for years now, and um, my skating has has really improved, and um, you know I owe a lot a lot of that to her. So is there any? Um, I think this is the right word. Anxiousness to see if you can skate with those pro guys. I know you said you've been well with some of the NHL guys here, yeah, but it's a completely different beast like playing in the in the pro game yeah. is there any I, I was talking to baron about this i was like well it, it must have been nice to be up in colorado even though he was in the a yeah. just to like play with those For guys sure. and prove to himself that he can do it is there a little bit of that in you right now just you, you want to get there and see yeah, if you can do it definitely i definitely think so i like you know for me the biggest the biggest thing about me is just can i you know handle the physicality can i be strong enough to 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 be able to produce at that level and that's what i'm really anxious to see you know i've been asking guys like obviously i played in rookie camps which are very very high high um oh yeah in carolina yeah you play in rookie camps which you know are a lot of a lot a lot of talent and it's a lot faster than playing in junior and you know i think 
no, I did well, but I, I'm, I think there's a lot more physicality, um, playing in the AHL and I'm really, I'm really, you know, anxious to see how I'm going to do, like you said, but I, I'm, I'm excited too. You know, I'm excited for the challenge because when I came into the queue from midget, it was kind of the same story. Like I wasn't big. I wasn't, I was one of the smaller guys. And the question was like, can he play well at this level being the size that he is? And, you know, I, I, th- I think I did pretty well. So I'm, I'm anxious and curious to see if, you know, if, if that'll um, translate into pro. And, you know, I believe, I believe that I can, I believe in myself, obviously I believe in my game. And I know that if I get bigger and I get stronger and I put on the right weight, like, I don't like saying just putting on weight, like you want to be put on the right weight. You know what I mean? Like you don't just want to put on 10 pounds just to do it. You want to, you know, put on 10 pounds of muscle, but continue to get faster so that, you know, you're, when I, if I do put on 10 pounds, I'm not out there being slow. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm curious and I'm excited. I'm anxious to see how, how it's going to go. But, um, you know, there's obviously going to be ups and downs, highs and lows, and you just got to, you know, do the best you can compete hard every day and, and, you know, learn as much as you can. I was amazed by like you talk about weight and speed and even height. How tall are you? You must be six. Yeah. Six feet on the dot. Yeah. yeah. Like you look at, um, Caulfield. Yeah. Like you're looking at that guy in the tunnel before he goes out on the ice, and he's next to Gallagher, who yeah. I thought was small. Yeah, and like I don't know, you talk about a shift in the NHL and where things are going. Yeah, if you ask me, I think they're going in your direction for sure. Yeah, I mean he Caulfield. Like one thing that I noticed watching him is just how much like space he creates for himself. Yeah. That was kind of the question that everyone had, and like he's so quick. Um, and obviously he's not the biggest guy, but he just creates so much space for himself and gets himself into good positions. And that's one thing that I noticed with him and he's been unreal. Um, he's really, really, um, exciting to watch. So that was one thing I, we got, uh, I guess lacrosse and hockey are two different things, but we got, uh, media passes to go to the Thunderbirds games yeah. last year. And we got to watch all the games up from the press box. And yeah. I've played lacrosse my whole life, loved the sport. And it was really cool to be able to sit from that angle, almost at a bird's eye view, and be able to see guys and how they were able to create space. Mm-hmm. Same thing on TV when you're watching hockey, I guess, though. You're able to watch guys and see how they get open in order to get that quick one-time. Austin Matthews is incredible at yeah. it. Um, you're pretty – I didn't – like obviously I wasn't able to watch you as much as uh, you know any other guy on TV because the games weren't on TV. Yeah. But – uh, creating space in the NHL or just in hockey in general is, uh, is it seems like I, we went out with, well, you're with Jordan Burke, that camp. Yeah, yeah. And he always talked about like creating space and angles and using your, your, your skates in order to, I don't know, I guess like confuse a defender. I thought yeah. it was really cool because when I played hockey, we didn't learn any of the stuff yeah, that yeah. you guys were learning. I guess creating space in your head. Uh, what, what's your key to it? Is it is it is it an illusion? Maybe get yourself close to a defender and then maybe back off him. What's yeah. Your, what's your what's your yeah? It's it? you gotta be you gotta be you can't be predictable. I think you know being deceptive. I would say was is a big focus for me. Like I I don't like I try not to telegraph what I'm gonna do. Mm. You know when I have the puck, obviously I want time and space. But like um, you know stopping, starting, going quick, stopping, turning, like. You know, I'm obviously not the biggest guy, so I'm not going to, like, outstrength necessarily anyone. Like, just, you know, stiff-arm somebody off of me. But, like, if I'm able to be slippery and change direction fast and get open for a quick one-timer, I think that's sort of my um, my approach to it, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I think I worked on that a lot, just being more – also being more of a threat to shoot. I've been shoot. I was shooting a lot more the last two seasons versus when I was 17 and 18 in the queue, and I think that – 
that kind of, um, I don't know. I was always a pass, pass first guy. So, you know, guys wouldn't necessarily come at me, but now guys this year would come at me and I'd be able to just dish it over, like kind of drawing guys to you and then dishing it. Or, you know, if you do have that opportunity to shoot, shooting it i think that was big for me being uh, they talk about uh cory perry being a master at that and how he's been able to almost it was bx actually that was talking about it on the intermission on one of these games and how deceiving he is even if it's a three on two or a two on one on yeah making sure that the goalie and the defender just to maybe think okay no he's gonna shoot where actually it's a pass but it's it's all about his body language and i can't even explain it because i i only he can really explain it, yeah. I'm sure. But it was unbelievable how he's able to to draw these defenders and goaltenders in to make them think that he's going to shoot and then just whoop, slide it over. And I don't yeah. know how old Corey Perry is right now, but he's able to carve Playing out well. a he's been able to carve out a career in the NHL sure. for a lot of years just on yeah. certain things of being deceiving. Very, it's kind of very cool. effective out there. He is for sure. It's interesting how guys get older and maybe they do lose a little bit of speed. Yeah, and they're able to. Yeah. make up for it in other ways i'm excited yeah. to see how crosby is going to be able to handle that in the next like four to yeah. five years yeah well yeah it should be pretty interesting i uh i think he's just so he works so hard and he's so strong and so good at protecting the puck that i think he'll be he'll be fine yeah no of course he'll be fine yeah. but you know just yeah, one of the most exciting guys to play but yeah to watch for play. sure but it'll be cool for sure yeah 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 i love it because i remember I, I remember seeing an interview with him and he kind of said like in his early days when he was you know in his 20s and he was when he was younger he could explode up the middle and just like he how many times did he split the d and go in and score and now he said like it's a little bit different so he he has to kind of adapt to that but i remember seeing an interview about that it was pretty cool yeah because he's the guy who i think he is of all the best player of all time of uh I, I feel you could put a Timbits player on the ice with him and he'd make yeah. that Timbits player look Absolutely, good. You know what yeah. I mean? He's done that so many times. Like you look at guys even when they were winning, like yeah. his line mates who, you know, if they're playing on any other line probably wouldn't have had the success that they had. Yeah. Makes players around him better, for sure. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um are you excited to play in front of fans again? Yeah, I am. To be honest though, like once you get out there, you don't really notice it. Like every guy says that. I know. Well it's I mean it's warm up is a bit different and when you score is different but other than that like you're you're out there you're in the game like you don't really notice it that much I, f- I feel like I'll probably be like somewhat nervous maybe the first time I go back to playing in front of fans because you know it, it'll feel weird even like there's so many things that after COVID that are starting to come back to normal where you it just feels weird like um I hate to bring it back to golf but the other like you could where you're just allowed to take the pins out at Hartley yeah. Point and yesterday I played and I took the pin out and it just looks so weird. It looks it 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 feels good because you know things are going back to normal, but mm. it just looks weird. So I am excited to play in front of fans. I'm I'm really uh, really really excited because it it does bring a whole different element. Like it it helps the home team so much and like even playing like we never we played two games in our home rink this year just because of bubbles and stuff. Like we were playing at other rinks. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. So, yeah, I'm definitely really excited. Yeah. Do you find playing at home brings a game, like an element out of you? Or do you like playing on the road where it's a hostile environment? Do you find that elevates um, your game a bit more? Well, historically, like in my junior career, I, I played, like produced better on the road. But I find I always have like good good legs and good energy at home. Like you're able to do your routine at home. You're able to nap in your own bed. Like you're able to to do your thing um you don't and you know 
and then obviously you're used to your home rink so you like you're comfortable in it like you you love playing there no matter what team you play for like yeah. you you love playing in your home rink and then obviously the fans too so i would say i had more energy i had more like gas on at at home but i think you know i i it, there's not a big difference for me it'll be interesting to see when you go all the cuz you've played where you've played dartmouth then you montreal yeah. or quebec yeah and now all the way out to seattle yeah yeah. Have so, they do they have have they announced their AHL team? Not that you're going to be a possibility. Yeah, pro- like. oh, yeah, probably they well for for 2022 their team is in Palm Springs. So that's their but for this year they're they're sharing a team with with Florida which is the Charlotte Checkers. Okay. So that's probably, you know, bearing, you know, hopefully like I'm going to Dude, you could crack that roster. Hey, I mean, you never, never know. Never. You, never, you never know, but I'll probably be in Charlotte this year, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um um, you know, I think I'm a guy who needs obviously a little bit more time to develop. I'm not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy. I'm working on it, but you know, um, it's going to be pretty exciting to, to, cause that's, that's where Carolina's farm team used to be in and, Charlotte in Charlotte, and now Carolina's with Chicago and Florida's with Charlotte. So for 2021, that's where their AHL team will be. And then 2022, it moves to Palm Springs. So. Cool. Should be pretty exciting. The pro game, man. I love talking to pro athletes and talking about the transition from junior to pro and some of the things that come along with it. And they always just boil it down to it's it's a job now. Yeah. It's a job for now. Sure. Has that set in yet for you? Not really, no. To be honest, it hasn't. I think, you know, uh, I think it probably will start. Um, everyone I talk to says that, like, it's, it is a lot different from junior. Like, junior is more, like, there's, you know, it's more of a, I wouldn't say it's a daycare, but like, it's, <laughs> it's like there, you got to be at your billets at this time. You got to do this. You got to be here at this time. You can't do this. And then in pro, like from what I'm hearing is just, you show up, you got to play whatever you do outside the rink. It doesn't really matter. As long as you, when you get to the rink, you're, you perform and it's a performance business. And that's, that's what it was in junior as well. But like, it's a little bit different because, you know, like you said, it's, you're not trying to like pay your bills. Yeah. It, you're, you're playing junior to, you know, you know, enjoy life and, you know, obviously playing pro, you're going to enjoy life. Like you're, geez, you're playing hockey for a living. Like not, not many people get to say that they do that. So, uh, but I'm really excited for, for the, for the jump. And, um, I know I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that it'll go well. So yeah, the kids factor too was interesting when people bring that up about uh, just going to certain teams and then next thing you know, there's a couple kids in the room and it's like, oh, that guy's married. Or, yeah, you know, I know. It's, it's like yeah. a, it's a, it, it sets in in a different way of how you have to be a professional and just watch what you're yeah. doing and, and make sure that it all goes smoothly. Yeah, there's no like hanging out with guys outside the rink. Well, yeah, there is like the young guys, but like yeah. the old guys, they got to go home to their, to their wife and kids. And yeah. junior, like it's more of a... Like, uh, you know, you're hanging out with everyone, like, you know, everyone's going to school and then going to practice and then you can, you know, you're, you're, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I, ha- I haven't, yeah, ex- yeah. I haven't you can't experienced explain it. it anyways. I'll, I'll, I'll come back next year and I'll explain it. <laughs> no, man, that's, uh, it, it, it's going to be sick. I love the, uh, the, the, it, it, it's a part of the podcast that I love whenever we have pro guys on and we talk about it 
and we talk about the lifestyle of a pro hockey player and how it's such a fine line of, of maintaining it because you're making a lot of money, but at the same time you have to perform and you have to go down this wire. And, you know, most guys want to play pro hockey for, I don't know, 15, 20 yeah. years, as long as you can do it. As long it. as you can. And it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting conversation And whenever we get a guy in here and he talks about, you know, his, his, his seven years he's been pro and, and what he, how, how much longer he wants to be in there. And he, he talks about the little boring details. I, I find it's so interesting because it translates to mm. everything in life like with with this company there's tons of things i don't want want to do for this company yeah. but i have to do in order yeah. to make it run exactly and whenever we talk to a pro hockey player it's the exact same thing it's like yeah you gotta wake up you have to there's stretch sacrifices you have to eat this yeah. you have to do that and it's just little sacrifices you got to yeah. make along the line and it all kind of correlates into the same thing in life it's cool yeah. it's like people people say oh you get oh you get to make all this money and you get to just play hockey and yeah, you do, but there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of sacrifice yeah. that you have to make. You don't get to, you know, your years your years from 18 to 25, like you don't get to go to college. You don't get to do what all your other friends doing. And, like, that doesn't really bother me. Like, I love I love what I do, and I wouldn't change a thing. Like, I don't, I don't sit here and say, oh, I wish I was able to go to university and party every day because, like, that's not really who I am, and that doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into, to, to trying to make a career in hockey that, you know, most people don't see. Yeah, for sure. Who are you, who are you going to be on the ice with this year? Is it Highmore and those guys like, yeah. for, for the summer? Yeah. Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I've only, I haven't skated actually yet. I, I, they wanted me to stay off the ice until July just because, you know, for a guy like me who I'm, and you know, camps doesn't, this isn't it's not junior anymore camp doesn't start august 15th it starts end of september so you have like that extra you know six weeks where um you can skate so uh, i'm just gonna start getting on the ice now and yeah i'll probably be with uh you know with jill and those guys jill with the pro guys and then um yeah just kind of highmore and you know logan shaw and drake and those guys probably um did they send you the gear seattle yeah yeah so i got the yeah i got a i got a couple sticks helmet gloves skates pants so jersey no jersey yet i don't i don't even think they have well they have a jersey but i don't think like they have them yet yeah so uh i'm sure i'm not really too worried about that what color are the uh the the helmets and gloves uh the the gloves are blue like a really nice blue and blue blue uh yeah like dark blue like navy i'd say more closer to like the the backdrop there like the high yeah 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 and then the helmet's white. It's just kind of a generic, like, Bauer, like, React helmet. And the cool. pants are, like, a girdle. They're they're nice. They're kind of similar blue. So they okay. have really have really nice jerseys, actually. Oh, man, the, the prototypes they yeah. drew yeah, up yeah. are really nice. Yeah, really, really nice. So really, like, good color nice colors, scheme. yeah. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the Mariners have very similar very colors, similar, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll match the whole city. Yeah. No, it'll be sick. I want to come out to – I got to come out to uh, to watch some of the guys skate. We got to get a yeah. bike on someone. Yeah, yeah. We got to yeah, do get, something like that. Yeah, yeah, get one on someone. They're, those skates are fun. Like, guys, you know, they work – we work hard, and um, we're obviously there to get better. But guys have fun. Like, we're all – you know, we all, you know, like each other and, and, uh, guys have fun out there. So we were, someone was telling me a story the other day. I'm not going to give any names, but there were, they were out with the Sid skate Yeah. and, uh, it was someone from Ontario or someone from other part of the country that came in to skate with those guys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, came into the room after and goes to all the boys. He goes, man, 
you guys really try hard here. <laughs> so apparently yeah. it's notoriously known that those Sid skates are just brutally tough. Yeah. And I guess where this guy was from, they're just kind of going through the motions and yeah. just having fun. But he walked into the room after. He says, man, you guys really try here. Yeah, that's why those guys are the best. Yeah, honestly. Seriously, man. They, I, they work harder than anyone. And that's that's a fact. And I've heard stories too about like, you can't like, not that you can't leave early, but like, if you will leave early, it's like, what are you, you're not coming you're back. Not coming like, back. You, got, yeah. like, you got to stay on you're the ice. You got to work here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, dude, they, they work. They want to win so bad and they want to get better so bad. And that's obviously, like I just said, that's why they're the best. So two of the best three in the world. So fortunate to be here in this part of the world, man. Like yeah. all those hockey guys just yeah. being right here. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'll say it till the day this podcast ends. So fortunate for mm-hmm. me, even for you, for every single person that's in the hockey community, just having that core here, unbelievable. Oh yeah, it's and like even Marchand, like you see how dominant he is. Like he's, I would say he's a top ten player in the league. Like he's so dominant and yeah, oh for sure, dominant player and he just brings it every night. So Good it's, not, it's not a coincidence that they're the best though. Oh yeah. Yeah. They work harder than anyone, so. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How was Citadel this morning? We're coming up. Uh, yeah, we're coming up in an hour. How was Citadel this Citadel morning? Citadel was good. Citadel was good. It it was pretty muggy out there, but we um we usually go gym Monday, Tuesday, Citadel Wednesday, gym Thursday, Friday, and then sort of halfway through the summer we'll we'll go off of Citadel and just do speed stuff at at the uh at like a turf or something. So Citadel was good. It's 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 hard, like especially when it's hot. It's a lot of um you know forward lean because you're going up the hill so it works some different muscles and um but it's tough and it's good and it it's uh it's very beneficial so who do you sprint against uh we kind of just go uh like one at a time we okay. don't really do any like sprints against each other but just seeing those guys like i said like it's really really good for me to to be with those guys and see how hard they work and how disciplined they are and um yeah it's an interesting line how it's like you're trying to put on weight, but then you're running up the hill for yeah. speed. It's like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like you want to put on weight, but you want to put on weight for the right for reasons. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, you can't just put on 10 pounds and then, you know, not work on anything else. And you get to camp and you're, you can barely move out there. <laughs> like you're slow. Like you got to work on your speed. You got to work on your fast switch muscles because, you know, like we talked about earlier, skating and speed is the one of, is the, probably the most important part of hockey today. And if you can't keep up and you can't skate and you can't, you know, create time and space for yourself by by being fast then you're not gonna have success 100 so. percent um what time's your tea time today uh 4 20 no way i'm at four I, that's what i was saying before i was like uh i got a bunch of work done this morning yeah, but then yeah. i got that text from the buddy hey tea time yeah. 406 <laughs> yeah, you, you in excited, and you're just man. like oh yeah, yeah i guess so i'm going yeah. yeah yeah no i i it's this uh this you know, waking up, working out, skating, eating, yeah. and golfing. That's you know, that's the life. So I'm, I'm, couldn't no complaints for me. Awesome. Well, hey Luke, thank you very much for coming here. I oh, appreciate it's been awesome. this. Thank you for having me. It's um, been awesome. Yeah, man. Enjoy your summer. Once you get out, once you do get out to those skates, we'll come out and put a mic on someone. For sure. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Tons get of content. On. Yeah, for sure, man. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Luke, thank you very much once again. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I I, I had a lot of fun. So. Awesome. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. We appreciate all of the support. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your summer. Have fun. Work hard. Stay safe. COVID's almost over, I think. And we're out. Yep. Peace. Baby, 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 
You say they never saw this coming, well, you're not alone. Million dollar renovations to a happy home. My ex said she gave me the best years of her life. I saw a recent picture of her, I guess she was right. I wake up, accessing the damages. Checking media takeout. Bitches of me drunk walking out with a bitch. But it's blurry enough to get the fake out. I wake up, all veggies, no eggs. I hit the gym, all chest, no legs. Yeah. Then I made myself a smoothie. Yeah. Then me and wifey make a movie. Chicago, St. Louis, St. Louis to Chicago. Underlay, underlay, E I E I. Uh oh, you had me driving fire enough to switch the time zone. You was the best of all time at the time, though. Yeah. You wasn't mine, though. But I still drove 30 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still drove 30 hours to you. Yeah. I remember rapping for Jay and Cam. Young producer just trying to get his flows off. I remember being nervous to do Victoria's Secret till I pictured everybody with their clothes off. Expedition was Eddie Bauer edition. I'm driving with no winter tires in December. Skirt, skirt, skirt like a private school for women. Then I get there and all the Popeyes is finished, girl. You don't love me, you're just pretending. I need a happy beginning, middle, and ending. Chicago, St. Louis, St. Louis to Chicago. It's getting hot in here, that's all that I know. Got a hotel room, three stars for you. You call down for an omelet. Girl, it's five in the morning. You realize you got the double tree, not the aria. Only thing open is Waffle House. Girl, don't start with me. I used to Western Union for you like it's no pride. Cause you was in college complaining about it's no jobs. But you was stuck in a nigga dick the whole time. Well, I guess a blowjob's better than no job. Then I drove back 30 hours. Freestyle, can you help me out? Dirty hours. Yeah. This type of shit you just ride out to. Uh. Yeah. Dirty hours. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It was my idea to have an open relationship. Now, nigga, man, now I'm about to drive 90 miles. Ain't my brother's to kill Just to kill Just to, just to, I'm about to drive 90, 90 miles like Matt Barnes. Just to whip a nigga ass. It was my idea. And now, nigga, now, nigga, man, now, nigga, uh, son of, whoop him after school just to show him got class. None of none of none of none of with the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Gotta drop some shit like that. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Uh. Whoop him at the school just to. Whoop him at the school just to shot gat class. Uh. 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 Three stacks. Just right out to that. Uh. Check it out, this the bonus track, this the bonus. My favorite albums just have like bonus joints like this. That's why they kick it off like this. Yeah. Just did that master square garden. Had to put the flies, nigga, on this shit. Hey, hey. The pyramid shell rise. 
Through these ultra light beams flowing. For all the moms, the dads, the kids, the families that share this moment with us, let's rock out for about 30 hours. You know, hey, you know, hey, you know, hey, you know, 30 hours. Whole design team, easy team, music team, hey. Remember, remember the whole block is shout out? <laughs> In my verse of a shout out track. Hey, let them all right. Let them all right. Let, 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 let. To my brother Yasin. Hold down in Africa. Hey, hey, hey. To my family. Thank you for holding me down. The media be acting like. That's Gabe calling. Yo, Gabe. I'm just doing a uh, I'm just doing an ad lib track right now. What's up? 30 hours. 